You are now listening to Supernatural Breakthrough with Mike Signorelli. The unseen realm, ancient wisdom, and your freedom awaits in this episode. Remember, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, a new episode drops. Come on, let's jump right in. I want to expose one of the devil's number one strategies against all of you. I want to expose, this is one of the devil's number one strategy against you. Are you ready? It's envy. It's envy. Envy. Jealousy. Okay. Now, what is envy? Pastor Mike, define it for me. I I don't quite understand. It is a feeling of discontented or resentful longing. I like that word longing, like discontented or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions, someone else's qualities, and someone else's circumstances. You know, I've never liked my ears. Look at these things. I never liked my ears. Matter of fact, I believe that in heaven, God has bins of ears. And they're all different shapes and sizes and colors. And I believe that he, in a very cruel way, said, I'm going to give him the ears. He looked at the, the five foot one people ears. And he said, these are cute. And he put them on me. I'm six foot even. I, these don't match. And, we're, and, it, and then when he hung them, look at where they sit. It's like he put them on wrong. And I know the Bible says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, but I don't believe it yet. <laughs> you know, when I was younger, I used to have this beautiful black curly hair. And um, I didn't want it. I, you know what I wanted? I wanted straight hair in the early 2000s. And I wanted to swoop over my face. And I wanted to go... Tonight will be the night that I fall in love with you. I didn't want, now I just want hair. <laughs> I, want my cur- I want my curly hair back. I want hair again. You know, there's something about being human is you don't want what you've got. You know, I got married and I wanted Julie. I wanted her so bad. We only dated for like nine months. Am I right? Yeah, and then we got engaged. And then once I got married to her, I wanted someone else's wife (laughs) and I wanted another wife. I wanted kids so bad because I wanted a little mini me. And then I got one and I was like, I want to be single with no kids so I can sleep through the night. And Julie's windmill kicking in the bed and Bella won't stop crying. And then Everly's so much like me. It's annoying because it's the unredeemed, rebellious, stubborn part of me (laughs) that is a generational curse that needs to be broken off of her. Can we tell the truth to each other in this? Is that what it means to be human is to envy what you don't have. It's like, I want someone else's ears. I want someone else's hair. I want to be married to somebody else. I I want somebody else's kid. This is what it means. So envy is this feeling of discontented or resentful longing. Like I long for someone else's possessions. I long for their qualities. I long for their circumstances. Envy. Envy. This is the wisdom key, and we're going to jump into scripture. We'll have you wanting what you shouldn't have from someone you shouldn't be in a relationship with where you shouldn't even live. But somebody, one person got it here in New York. Envy will have you wanting what you shouldn't have from someone you shouldn't be in a relationship with where you shouldn't even live. 
Okay, let's look at the Bible. Genesis chapter 29. To set the context for this, there's a man named Jacob. I'm giving the prequel to open heavens. This is going to be great for those of you who have been following along with the scriptures each week. In Genesis chapter 29, you see that Jacob wanted this woman named Rachel. Now there's two sisters, Leah and Rachel. You know the story. This is an old story, but I'm going to give you an unfamiliar revelation. We're going to go deep into chapter 29 and 30. I would encourage you on Monday to go even deeper into the text. Anybody ever take these notes and then Monday you go a little deeper? I would encourage you to do that. So here's the thing that's crazy. The Bible says that Leah had weak eyes. That's biblical talk for she was ugly. (laughs) Can I keep it 100? I'm being real with you. It says she had weak eyes. She was not, she was not good to look at. She had a face for radio, (laughs) right? Come on now. I'm just keeping it. This is what the Bible says. She had a face for radio. She would have made a good podcaster, not successful on YouTube. Okay. But then there's Rachel. Rachel was very attractive. Matter of fact, when Jacob saw Rachel, immediately he knew that's the one I want. Now Laban, who is their father, tricks him and he ends up working seven years to receive the wrong wife. And it was Leah that he received. And now you begin to see this unfold. Now Leah is unattractive, but has a fruitful womb. Rachel is very attractive, but barren. And they are both envious of each other. Envy blocks the blessing of your destiny because you will want something in a different season than you should have it. I want to read this in Genesis 29, 31. I'm going to show you. This is so profound. And when the Lord saw that Leah can, or no, no, go back, go back. This is 29 verse 31. When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, there you go. When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Now, I don't have enough time to go into the deep implications of the theology of that scripture, but I want you to look at it again. When the Lord saw that Leah, the ugly one, the one that wasn't as attractive was hated by Rachel, he opened Leah's womb, but Rachel was barren. Rachel thought that her hatred towards Leah was going to cancel Leah's destiny, but it actually opened Leah's womb. Sometimes they think they're hating on you, but they are just enacting the favor of God to be released to you. Oh, come on, somebody. It says that the Lord saw, he watched Leah face hatred and open her womb to teach something to Rachel. And so here's the thing about envy. Here's the thing about bitterness. Here's the thing about it, about jealousy. It is a boomerang that will block your destiny and release somebody else's. Oh, I know it's going to help. I know this is going to help. I know this is going to help. This is one of those words that you'll be like, my life was changed. Because you, if you're anything like me, you're infected by this thing. And it says this, let's go a little bit deeper. And Leah conceived and bore a son and she called his name Reuben for she said, because the Lord looked at my affliction for now, my husband will love me. Wait a second. Now Leah, now she falls. See, Rachel fell 
Leah has a child, and then she says, well, now maybe my husband will love me. She begins to make an idol out of the love and affection of her husband. So see how now both of them have fallen in a trap of envy. Leah knows that she was not the first choice. Leah knows that she's not as attractive as her sister. And she thinks, now that I had this child, maybe that... Can I just tell you that the worst thing that could happen to you if you have an identity issue is God to release success and blessing on your life because you may make the mistake of thinking that your significance is flowing from the success. You, you, oh, of you are like, God, please, like, let me step into my... The worst thing that can ever happen to a preacher is people clap while they're preaching because they might make the mistake of thinking that the applause is proving their value. And so you might be sitting in your seat saying, when am I going to get scheduled to preach? And God's saying, when are you going to release the envy and the jealousy? Because if you... The worst thing that can ever happen to you as an entrepreneur is God releases success on your business because you might think that, come on, that the bigger your bank account gets, the more your wife is going to respect you. But women, okay, now men, I need you to hear this. A woman's respect does not increase or decrease at the, at the, at the level of finances in your bank account. I, and the women are helping me out on this. Because you think, well, this woman don't respect me. Well, yeah, because you, listen, stop thinking about your bank account going up and start getting your, your knees down in prayer. And when she sees that you're a praying man of God, come on, you go down, you humble yourself before the Lord. And the Bible says when you humble yourself, what will happen? He will lift you up. So what happens is we're trying to provoke the blessing of God. But until envy, until bitterness is removed, he can't. And we're all affected by this. It says, because the Lord has heard that I'm hated, he's given me this son also. And she called the second son, Simeon. Again, she conceived and bore a son. Now this time, maybe my husband will be attached to me. Maybe I can keep having kids to keep the relationship alive. Maybe I can keep preaching sermons to keep the church alive. Come on, somebody. See, we attach these metrics, but what the source of it is, is God saying, get free from anything that's not me. (laughs) Y'all, I feel like, I know I'm pushing back. Get, the Lord is telling you, get free from anything that's not me. Don't go inward and don't go outward, go upward. (laughs) Disney tells you, go inward. Just find your heart. It's all in your heart. You've known all along. No, no, no. You haven't known. Your heart is confused. It's deceitfully wicked above all things. If you go inward, you'll find deception. If you go outward, you'll find jealousy. But if you go upward, you'll find your identity. Come on, somebody can clap like the Lord just gave them a revelation. The world's like, well, I just had to go to a journey in the woods and find myself. (laughs) And everybody in Indiana is like, I live in the woods and I still haven't found myself. (laughs) Sorry, Indiana. (laughs) They don't. They don't. That's what everybody here thinks. You know, 
They power up the live stream with like a coal. They're shoveling coal. We'll show them, right, Indiana? But don't go inward because you're going to find deception. Your heart is a liar. Your heart's wicked. Matter of fact, the Bible says circumcise your heart, which means your heart's like fingernails. You clip them and they grow back. You humble yourself, you got to humble yourself again. You thought that you were humble, you're probably not humble no more. You better clip those fingernails, they grew back. That's why you see pastors, they're humble for a season, but they don't stay humble because the heart has to be circumcised. So don't go in and look at your heart because your heart's going to lie to you. Don't look outward. Because jealousy and envy will tell you, look at them, look at them. No, look up. Look to the hills from whence your help comes. That's where it's at. To all my deconstructing millennials who can't stop looking outward, look upward again. Just because one pastor failed you doesn't mean there's not good pastors. Just because one leader did wrong doesn't mean all leaders do wrong. Don't look out, look up. But look what Rachel and Leah were trapped They were trapped in two directions. They were looking inward. Like Leah says, well, maybe she's looking inward now. First, she says, well, I saw that the Lord saw my hatred by Rachel. So now what began to happen? So now he gave me a son. So now she turns inward and she says, but maybe now my husband will love me. But both of those directions are wrong. Okay, let's skip down to Genesis chapter 30, verse one through three. Now, as the story unfolds. When Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, she envied her sister. See that word envy? She said to Jacob, give me children or I shall die. A little dramatic. (laughs) Jacob's having a hard day in his marriage. (laughs) Come on now, husbands. You know what it's like. We're like, wow, you're having a bad day, aren't you? I don't know how to deal with those days yet because I'm very pragmatic and logical. And my wife, she has those days. Am I right, Jules? <laughs> Come on, she's publicly confessing. And so I love that the Bible keeps it 100 because we read the Bible and often we only get the divinity. Give me the humanity. She literally tells her husband, Jacob, this is me being Rachel, Jacob, give me children or I'm going to die. Now, this is, now how, this is how you know you can rely in the credibility of the Bible. It doesn't say, and Jacob prayed for his wife. And Jacob encouraged her to read the Torah. You know how I know the Bible doesn't lie? Look at what Jacob, what happens. And it says, <laughs> where am I? Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel. He got mad. And he said, am I in the place of God who's withheld from you the fruit of your womb? Oh, that's really what happened. He clapped back. You were hating on her and now you're barren. Oh, do you see how real the Bible is? Now, what does it say next? Some of you are like, why doesn't this happen when I read the Bible? <laughs> it said, Jacob's, and, said, and then Jacob says, am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of your womb? Then she said, here is my servant Bela, give into her so that she may give birth on my behalf that even I may even have children through her. 
Now watch what happens. She's still not willing to go to God. She's still not willing. She says, you know what? I got it. I can't fulfill this destiny. So, hey, just go fulfill it some other way. I can't be a preacher. Pastor Mike, you preach it. I can't cast demons out. Pastor Mike, you cast demons out. I can't lead worship. Steph, you lead worship. I can't. See, see what happens is, is like when we know that we can't do it, sometimes we'll try to bring somebody in through jealousy and we'll say, you know what? Let's just get this done some other way. And really what Bila represents in this story is Rachel's inability to go to God. It's like the block is there and she's saying, well, maybe there's some other way that it can be fulfilled. And in this example, Leah and Rachel are both envious of each other. Leah and Rachel both want what each other has. And on the one hand, Leah is fertile and Rachel's not. But then on on the other hand, Rachel's attractive and she was the first choice of the husband. So you see them just battling it out and losing years. Can I ask you a question? How much time have you lost wanting someone else's life? How much time have you lost wanting someone else's life? I know that for me, I've lost many years caught up in this. Genesis chapter 29, verse 32 through 34. I I want to force you to examine this scripture deeper now. Leah had become bitter about this whole thing. Isn't it funny how God will bless your womb, but you'll be bitter in your soul? Isn't it crazy how you can have the kids, have the car, have the career, have the house, but if it doesn't look exactly like you want it, you're still bitter? I know it hurts for me to preach like this, but honey, I'm taking you through a surgery that's going to save your soul. It's crazy how you could live better than 90% of people on planet Earth, but because you're not the 1%, you're still not happy. It's crazy how you can have it all, but feel like you have nothing. And, and, and listen, the past is a cruel teacher. Sometimes you don't know what you've got until it's gone. The past is a cruel teacher. Sometimes you thought you were ugly in pictures until you get 40 pounds uglier and said, man, I wish I would have flaunted every single second of that day. The past is a cruel teacher. Am I the only one preaching right now? Can you preach back to me? And you're like, man, I remember when I didn't have to pay this money to look this good. That's a word for somebody. (laughs) And this is what she says in Genesis 29. Maybe now my husband will finally love me. Maybe now he will finally see me. What if I told you that your husband doesn't see you because he sees the women of pornography and he wants the wrong thing? I know this teaching has been so good, but I wanted to pause for a second because I want to connect with you. Go to MikeSignorelli.com. Tell me your story. Check out all these resources I have available for you. And would you consider financially partnering? It's because people say, I'm going to join my finances with this podcast that we're able to reach so many people around the world. And I'll tell you this, we are good soil to sow into. So I'll see you at MikeSignorelli.com and thank you so much for your financial gift. Okay, let's jump back in. What what if I told you that that your wife doesn't see you because she's struggling with her own internal dialogue that tells her she's worthless, and so she doesn't want to give herself to you because she doesn't even know how to receive love herself? 
Well, what if I told you that the pastor that abused you on the inside was this unrepentant, unhealed little boy that tried to get as many degrees as a thermometer to convince himself that he finally had value, that sat at home and learned Greek words but doesn't know one Greek-speaking human being to convince you that he was intelligent because he feels stupid? What if I told you that jealousy and envy is the reason why our churches are not growing daily like the first century church? Because new people come in and you say, I don't want this church to grow because I've been here since we were in the movie theater days and that person is violating my sense of self-worth. And what if Pastor Mike and Julie love them more than me? And what if their leader sees them and doesn't see? And you see, then all of a sudden you start competitions and rivalries. We don't have a preaching problem. We don't have a singing problem. We have a jealousy problem. We have an envy problem. What if I told you you were never given a chance because they knew that you were better than them? Oh, y'all aren't ready for that. I'll tell your story. My wife can sing. Am I right? There was a time many years ago where my wife got asked to spontaneously sing at the end of a service. And the worship leader was so full of envy and jealousy that she literally walked and hid behind the screen until Julie was done. Sometimes you don't get given and extended an opportunity because that person knows you're better. And some of you have such low self-esteem, you can't even imagine being the victim of jealousy because you don't see yourself worthy of jealousy. Leah and Rachel, let me just, oh, I feel the anointing all over what I'm about to say. Please lean into this church. Lean in, lean in, lean in. The two people in this story, this is manna. This is manna from heaven. The two people in this story that had the greatest potential to heal each other were the sisters in the rivalry. Because, But see, Leah was looking for Jacob to heal her through his love and affection. Rachel was looking at children, the children. How many of you were abused by parents who they, they treated you like the Savior? And they perverted the relationship that they had with you to say, you're going to give me the love and affection that I need that makes me whole. So Rachel wants her children to make her whole. Leah wants her husband to make, but the two people who understand each other the most and have the greatest potential to heal each other were the ones in the rivalry. Envy blocks the blessing that releases your destiny. You know, six months ago, I was sitting across a table with John Maxwell. Now, 10, 15 years ago, I was so filled with toxic jealousy and toxic envy that whenever I would get around high caliber people, leaders, people of prestige, people who've accomplished, my heart would immediately go to these types of phrases. They weren't raised in the trailer park like me. Nobody gave them beer when they were 18 months old. Nobody abused them like I was abused. No, they weren't raised on welfare like me. They didn't have four abusive stepdads like me. And my heart was so poisoned by jealousy and envy because wounds are like open mouths that speak lies of jealousy and envy. But see, as I begin to get healed, the Lord said, yeah, but Michael, there's millions of people who've went through what you've went through who need you to survive to know that they can survive too. 
Your story is your destiny. And what you came through will give you the keys to unlock the bondage of their own broken soul. So you, so the, I went on a long journey of saying, I like my ears. I like my ears. I, you, I went on a long journey of acceptance of, of where I came from and who I was. And so here's what begins to happen. Because envy convinces you that you're always the victim. Leah was convinced she was the victim. Rachel was convinced she was the victim. It was only Jacob who said, hey, this is between you and God, y'all. See, like Jacob understood, which is why the heaven, now does it make more sense that the heavens open for Jacob? Because Jacob was a hustler, but he understood who was in charge. I feel the anointing all over this message. Leah and Rachel were fighting each other but but they didn't understand that god was really desperately wanting to get into the midst of it so here's what happens envy and jealousy keeps you in the seat of the victim once i begin to get out of that seat and say wait a second i'm not even a conqueror because conquerors come from where i come from and they have a good life i'm more than a conqueror because look what the lord's done like I'm more than a conqueror like a conqueror comes out of what I came out of and they're heavily medicated and they can work a nine to five but more than a conqueror says it's just me and Jesus doing this thing more than a conqueror says the way you see me live in my life doesn't even make sense so as I become more secure in who I am in Christ saying I don't want someone else's past because I don't want someone else's future my future is secured in Christ So now when I sit across renowned people, I ask myself, I'm not going to become a Rachel and Leah, two people entwined in jealousy and envy. I'm going to be the liberator. So I sat across the table from John Maxwell six months ago and I said, in my heart, I was like, what is, what's the point of pain that God can use me to speak into? What's the thing? Nobody, everybody respects him too much to say it. Everybody's too afraid of him to say it. What's that thing? I want to say that God. So he's looking at me and we're talking, I'm wrestling prophetically. And all of a sudden in the spirit realm, I saw a wound of, from pastors. I discerned it. So he asked me, John Maxwell said, what do you want to get out of this relationship with me? And I said, John, respectfully, I want to learn a lot from you. This whole dinner, I've been taking notes. This has been insane, but I want to give you something right now. I said, I feel like being who you are and where you come from, you've been misunderstood by many pastors. My hope is that I could be one pastor who understands just a little bit of what you carry as a pioneer, because he's been a pioneer. Now, when I said that, his eyes started welling up with tears. He was like, you have no idea what you're saying. I was a pastor in Ohio, and when I transitioned out of pastoring and I went full-time into evangelism, which is what he, he considers it, he said, all of my family, close people to me, pastors, they all walked out on me. And he said, my prayer 30 years ago was, God, as I go on this journey, send me pastors who understand me. And I just spoke in and spoke right into that prayer. Now look, he could look at me and say, he's this young guy just getting started. I'm 75 years old. I wish I had more time. I wish I could do more. He's got technology and I didn't have, and I only had cassette tapes and I could be looking at him and said, you had it easier. There was no internet with trolls. And 
We could have been Rachel and Leah, but see what happened? The Bible says, watch this, watch this. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit among all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy and your old men will dream dreams. I believe that the old men will dream dreams for the young men. And they will begin to see the the generous something is going to happen in this house. I said, Lord, our church is growing. What do I preach on? He said, get that jealousy and envy out of their hearts. And then you can steward a movement because Jesus didn't say, I won't give you an opportunity because you'll do better than me. Jesus actually said, I expect you to do greater things than I do. I expect. And so we're going to be the kind of house that says we're not intimidated. We're secure in who we are and we're pushing you into your destiny. We're challenging you to go deeper, to go further. And we are going to be the healer and the reconciler through Jesus and not the blockage and the barrier to your destiny. Can the whole church just shout right now, go ahead now. Come on, high five your neighbors and say, go ahead now. Come on, high five them. Tell them, go ahead now. Give them permission. This church doesn't have any Leah's. This church doesn't have Rachel's, but I want to show you where one got it right. I'm almost done. Do I have you guys for two more minutes? All right. All right. Okay. Envy makes an idol out of being loved and accepted. But thankfulness and praise are the weapons that destroy the stronghold of jealousy. So you guys have heard the scripture. You guys have heard the scripture that says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, let me ask you this. What army on the planet, you say, hey, show me your weapons. What are these called? And they're like, I don't know. We just call them all weapons. No, this is an assault rifle. This is a grenade launcher. This is a tank, right? The weapons have names. Can I tell you, if you are a spiritual warrior, when it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but what are those weapons? You have to start defining all your weaponry. So I'm going to define, I'm going to hand you a weapon right now. I'm about to empower you. Let me define, I'm going to define one of your weapons. Thankfulness. It's a weapon. Ooh, it's powerful. The self-help movement calls it gratitude. No, no, no. You stole that from God. He said, enter his courts with praise and what? Thanksgiving, right? How do you enter in? Thanksgiving. The other one is called praise. Now look, praise, you, it goes to God, but also praising people for what they've done and shouting them down and cheerleading them into the next season. Now what's a stronghold? When you build a structure you build it brick by brick, you lay one brick at a time and it fortifies and it strengthens and it increases. A stronghold is a physical structure that's built by the repetition of words. A stronghold is a physical structure that is built by the repetition of words. So when you think to yourself, I don't like Pastor Julie. She intimidates me because she's a better singer than me. The first time you thought it, It was not a stronghold. It was a temptation. But when you keep repeating it, you lay brick after brick of that thought, and now you have a stronghold of jealousy against Julie. The the first time you look at a woman and you think like, man, I wish I could be with her. She's hot. Listen, that's not a stronghold of lust. That's a temptation. But the more you rehearse it, 
you start building a stronghold. And you know where demons love to hide? Inside strongholds. All warriors hide in strongholds. David said, I hide in the stronghold under the shadow of the wings of the Almighty. So warriors always hide in strongholds, in fortified places. So demons love to hide in strongholds we build. So jealousy and envy is a pattern of thoughts that you have thought over and over and over again until it's fortified. And sometimes the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down. How do you pull them down? Thanks, thankfulness and praise. God, <laughs> I don't know why you saw it fit for me to go through what I went through, but I'm thanking you in advance because you knew that I would survive and come out stronger. God, what they meant for my harm, you turn it around for my good. God, I don't know why I was born in this family, in this region, with these problems, but I know that you are the answer, and I know you're going to use me in a mighty way, God. I don't know what you're doing, but I know you're on the move, God. See how I stood? You were watching me do war. I was bringing down strongholds. Last thing I want to say, Proverbs 14.30. Now, if I told you, well, here's how I lost 40 pounds and I'm living my best life. You'd be like, let me, let me know your plan. I've gotten a lot of those questions. But there is a physical component. Proverbs 14.30 says, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. I've cast demons of envy out of people and they've gotten healed physically, like immediately. Because there's a connection between harboring envy and even dealing with it says it'll rot your bones. There's something about your physical condition that is reduced. Job chapter five, verse two says, surely resentment destroys the fool and jealousy kills the simple. So jealousy distorts time. Jealousy distorts value and jealousy distorts destiny. But I've got an encouraging word for you. And I want you to close your eyes across every campus as I read this scripture to you, because I'm going to call you into action right now. So everybody across all the campuses, as you're closing your eyes, I just want you to remove the distractions because I want you to see in the spiritual realm, if you can see Leah's pain, you can fulfill your purpose. If you can see Rachel's pain, you can fulfill your purpose. Proverbs 23, 17 and 18. I want, I want you to focus on this as I read this to you now. And what is the Holy Spirit saying with me while I'm reading this scripture? Do not let your heart envy sinners, but always be zealous for the fear of the Lord. There is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. Look me in my eyes for a second. Let's get that tight shot on me. The scriptures say, do not be envious of sinners. But it says, God is speaking. I have a future for you and your hope will not be cut off. Leah and Rachel were fearful of their future and it was producing the envy and the bitterness. Am I going to have kids? And I, am I going to be loved? Right now, your envy and your bitterness is all connected to your thoughts about your future. 
And when you hear God Almighty saying, wait a second, I've secured your future. I've given you a hope and it will not be cut off. Your heart, it could be free. Well, we are coming to the end of yet another incredible time together every Monday, every Wednesday and Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am posting a new podcast so that you can be equipped and learn and grow. And you know, if you got this far, you may want additional mentorship and you may want to connect with me on a deeper level, which is why I have the Breakthrough Community. If you visit MikeSignorelli.com or BreakthroughTeaching.com, you can become a monthly financial partner for $27 a month or $297 for the entire year, you can come into the Breakthrough Community. We do monthly Zooms. Yes, monthly Zooms. It's wild. People from all over the world are there, including prophetic seminars and teachings that literally are banned on other platforms. All of it's waiting for you, including a private Facebook group with all of the other Breakthrough Community members. So again, go to MikeSignorelli.com or BreakthroughTeaching.com and become a monthly partner. I can't wait to see you there, and I will see you in the next podcast episode.